I think, you know, like most women in this world, I began running for weight loss. And truth be told, I don't think I ever really lost anything. I have roller coastered my entire adulthood with the same 40 pounds up and down all the time, but I don't equate to losing it to running. I think sometimes my food intake was different. My calorie intake was different. My exercise was different. But again, it was never the running. I think was like, oh, I'm, I'm thinner this week or anything like that. So I had to find my joy in running because it definitely wasn't a weight loss that I was finding. Hey there, and welcome to Let's Work On This, podcast for all of us that have that inkling to do something different, be someone different, or have something different. This podcast will introduce you to people who are just like you, people that have stuck their toe in the water and are still making their way towards their goal. They haven't crossed the finish line. They're still working on it, and they want you to know it's possible for you to get started too. I'm Allie Lopez the ultimate researcher and lifetime learner who at 45 years old just discovered how imperfect action gets me closer to the life and the results I want. You've heard it before and I will say it again. It's progress over perfection. Now join me, my guests, and connect with this community as we work on this. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this wonderful conversation that I had with 17 half marathon finisher, Tiffany Richardson. She is an athlete like no other. She is a mom of three, didn't start running until she was in her thirties. She's over 40 and she truly believes all bodies are runners' bodies. She debunks myths. She's encouraging. She's telling you the truth. And if Tiffany can do it, you can do it. There is nothing stopping. Enjoy. Okay, I'm very nervous to talk to you. <laughs> well, I, I guess it's because I see you on social media. Sure. And I'm like, well, I know her. And I have <laughs> known you for 30 years, right? But still this face-to-face -face and true talking makes me really nervous. I mean, you're an athlete. You are. You're an athlete. <laughs> And it's one of those crazy things, right? Like, especially as we get older, we're afraid to use that word. But you're absolutely right. If you're active, you're an athlete. Yeah, but you're like a real athlete. <laughs> I would say that, but okay. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> so just map so much respect. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. I love watching your journey and stuff too. I know you don't put everything out on social media, like your personal pages, but I've seen you in some of the run groups where you share some of the stuff that you've been doing. So that's great. Oh, I mean, we are at an age, right? We're at an age and it's so disheartening because we see so much on social about people and the unrealistic things. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the one that's really been bothering me a lot lately is in the fitness industry, you keep being told everyone has the same 24 hours a day. 
You don't. You absolutely do not. I might have a little extra in one day because I have older children. Uh, they can fend for themselves. They can help out around the house. I cannot compare my 24 hours to a new single mother of a newborn who probably barely has a moment to herself. So when the fitness industry tells you you have the same 24 hours, you really don't. Do we all have 24 hours? Absolutely. But what's on each individual's plate? Who are we to tell someone else that what they should and shouldn't be doing? Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. And they're putting unrealistic stuff. And what I really have admired about you is you're like, fuck them. Okay. I try. I try so hard because, yeah. man, you're right. It gets in you. And it's hard because I'll be the first one to admit, you know, I definitely compare myself. People are much faster than me. They're thinner than me. And it's hard sometimes, but you have to remind yourself, like, this is the body I was given. Whether you believe in science, whether you believe in God, however you believe, this is the body you have. And you just have to figure out what you're going to do with that body. It gets you across the finish line. Exactly. Exactly. No matter what I have, what I tried training for my halves this year. Girl, you run the 13 minute mile. You just are. And so I kind of embraced that. And then I started to find uh, these groups that are slower runners. And they're like, who cares? Who cares? You're getting across the finish line. Are the people that are not running telling you you're not fast enough? Shut up. And I was like, oh, okay. One of my biggest things I've been telling myself is unless someone, let's say they are on the podium, we're getting the same medals at the end. I got the same medal as a person that finished. So mine was just as big, just as pretty. (laughs) It hung up on my rack. Yeah. Someone else might ask me, you know, generally, let's be honest. It's someone who doesn't participate in runs is the first one to ask you, you know, how well you did. Did you come in first? You know, things of that nature. I usually just say yes. I mean, it's not a lie. I mean, <laughs> in my head, I came in first. <laughs> yeah, I was only competing against myself, so I'm the winner. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's funny. So I, I look at it that way. <laughs> well, let's, okay, now I'm a little bit more looser. I feel good. I would like for you to start off, when did you discover running? When was your first run? And what do you remember about it? What's so funny is I started running, let's say about 11 years ago, I had just gotten married to my second husband and and he ran. And in my head, I thought it was going to be easy. And the joke was on me because I started out like using an elliptical at home and being like, oh, I can do this for 30, 45 minutes at a time. This is no big deal. So I go to the nearby park. I barely made it a quarter mile. And I was like, my legs are going to fall off. (laughs) It's definitely not the same hitting the pavement, being on an elliptical. And so that's kind of where I also started understanding interval running, as in you don't have to run straight and you're still considered a runner. So I definitely started doing that. And it was, it was so much better for me because also I'm the kind of person that I tend to not want to breathe correctly when I run. (laughs) And I need that 30 seconds of walking to get my body, my life, my organs back in order again. I thought I was the only one that was a weirdo that was like, I try my best. I pant the entire time. I try to do the whole smell the roses, uh, blow out the birthday candles, you know, the little things they tell you. But when I find myself trying to do that, that's all I think about the entire run then. And then I'm just focusing on that. Yeah. So I just go back to the panting. Then your your <laughs> legs get out of sync. You start doing funny stuff with your knees. They're like, okay, wait a minute. Now I'm all discombobulated. Oh, oh and, and I think, you know, like most women in, in, in this world, I began running 
for weight loss. And truth be told, I don't think I ever really lost anything. I have roller coastered my entire adulthood with the same 40 pounds up and down all the time, but I don't equate to losing it to running. I think sometimes my food intake was different. My calorie intake was different. My exercise was different. But again, it was never the running. I think was like, oh, I'm, I'm thinner this week or anything like that. So I had to find my joy in running because it definitely wasn't a weight loss that I was finding. I was just going to ask you, he was a runner. So you started running, not necessarily as a weight loss tool, but as something to connect with your husband with. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And, and truth be told, he's not an interval runner. And for me, it's much easier to be. So we didn't really run together per se, but at least we showed up at the same events, right? You know, we, we at least go to the same places together when we could at same race events. The kids were much younger then, so we didn't really get a chance to go too many like, you know, trainings together, but at least the race events, we could at least mm-hmm. be there at the same time. He'd have to wait a long time at the finish line, <laughs> but he got used to that. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, I mean, he can have his beer and wait for you. That's exactly what happened. (laughs) So ran that first time with him. What kept you showing up? Believe it or not, I want to say I found some local run groups, which is really what helped a lot for me. You know, if if anyone has a She Runs This Town, whether they're local enough that you can attend group runs or they're just local enough that you can find their Facebook pages or something like that, it's nice just to connect with other, you know, like-minded women. And that's really what it was. You know, in the beginning when I started to run, it was just like you said, it was kind of for myself, you know, maybe it was weight loss, maybe it was connection with a husband, you know, things of that nature. But then when I started being like, well, why am I out here? I found one of those groups. And it was nice because like you're like we said earlier on, it helped me to understand that people come in different shapes, sizes, paces, ages, all of it. And it was nice to connect with other people who were, you know, like-minded. So did you just show up at one of their runs or were you like fringing them? It was really scary. And, and the truth be told, the reason I even originally, like, sure, I joined in the beginning with the typical, I'm just kind of listening in. But when I kind of jumped in fully was because I had signed up for my first half marathon. And I knew I was going to need help because I didn't know what in the world I had just gotten myself into. And so I remember showing up at one of those. And you know how you talk yourself out of something 15 different times till you finally get in the car and go. And of course, of all times, I show up. It's at a very hilly park, which so I'm not really used to running hills just yet. It's also at least January or February. So we're talking ice on the ground. So, you know, it's all really new to me and stuff. Everyone was really welcoming because also, you know, my next fear is that I know I'm slower than the average person. So who's going to want to run with me? And and so it was really great that people, you know, like that's something I had to really learn too, because on my own, I thought everything, every training run was a race all the time. You know, I had to be fast, fast, fast every time I ran. And then when I finally, you know, started meeting people in the running community, I realized, oh, you don't have to run fast. You actually can show up and train. You can run slow even. This is how you actually get faster. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to connect with people. And you just showed up. You just pulled up in February. You might have been thinking to yourself, oh, they might cancel this as soon as I get there because it's so cold. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Exactly. So cold. It's icy. It's going to snow again. (laughs) Yes, Mm. absolutely. Oh, my gosh. So did you find once you met them that they also were like, hey, interval running will get you through 13.1. Interval running is the only way that I was able to get through 26.2, honestly. You know, like Absolutely. give yourself that Absolutely. break 
And then when you saw these other women and they're like, well, okay, I did my two minutes and now I'm going to walk for one, my one minute where you're like, ah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I remember the very first in the beginning of running before, like you said, you're doing it on your own. I used to force myself like you need to run at least one mile straight. And then after that, you can do an interval. But I didn't really know it was called an interval. So I didn't really have a name for it. And it was kind of like I just walked ran when I wanted to. So that's when, like you said, I started meeting people who actually had a name for it, better understanding. And you know what's so funny is people always think, well, if you're interval, you're not as fast as you're running straight. And that's not true at all. Like I'm actually faster as an interval runner than I am as a straight runner because my body gets a lot tired a lot quicker when I'm mm -hmm. running straight without. And so the interval allows me to to breathe, like I said, and, and to get my body back and just back in order. For And I usually do like a 90-30 or a two-minute run 30-second walk. So I kind of bounce between the two. Do you have a watch that tells you when to do that or do you just glance? You're like, it feels like exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I actually have a Garmin watch and it's set up for the interval runs like that, which is nice. But you're right, too. I think sometimes your body starts to recognize as well. Like, oh, I've been running for a while. I think that walk should be coming any second. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, it's time. I mean, my brain says start walking 10 seconds after I start running. At least, at least. I don't know about you, but those walks, they sure feel a lot faster than those runs. <laughs> <laughs> they sure do. Or, you, you know, you can do some things that I started this year, and I don't know if you did, you know, this was 11 years ago when you first started running. If I'm on a straightaway, I see how many light posts there are. So I'll tell myself, run four, walk two. Run four, walk two. Yeah. Instead of always looking at this thing. This thing will get in your head. Your watch yeah. will get in your head especially if you have a slow mile and you're really trying to get some miles done in a certain amount of time or whatever. So sometimes yeah, absolutely out there just starting out, just run past the, the light poles. Exactly. But, like you said, you know, the watch is great. It gives you kind of that time thing, but you're absolutely right. It can mess with your head. And it's nice sometimes just to go, as they call it, naked running, you know, without the watch, without worrying about anything. And then like you just said, you know, run post to post, however you want to do it, you know, things like that. So in these 11 years, do you know how many half marathons you've run? When I say this, the only reason I know is because of my Instagram bio, I've kept up with it just so I have like on my little bio page. Now, 5Ks and 10Ks, not a clue because, you know, you do so many of those throughout the years, but at half marathons, I've done 17. 17? Every time I... And you know what's funny? I was going to be a one and done. My goal at 40 years old, like like a lot of women, because there's something about that number 40, mm -hmm. was going to be, I'm going to do this and be done with it. And then for some reason, it became almost one of my favorite distances. And I don't know what it is about that. I think maybe, maybe again, because I am slower, but I have good endurance. And maybe that's why I like that distance versus a 5K. Since again, I'm slower and I have endurance. It's like, I feel like I'm just now getting started when we cross that finish line at three miles, mm -hmm. which for someone else who's speedy and stuff, that's wonderful. That's great for them. But for me, it's like, I need to keep going. What mile do you feel like your body's warm? And ready, like you've got your breathing going, you're in your groove. I think all, well, I, I would assume all runners have that, there it is. And now, I, yeah. now I'm in the groove. Which mile is that yeah, for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I think it's going to vary depending on distance. You know, let's say I'm in training mode and I need several miles. Sometimes I think it takes four miles sometimes to really be like, hey, I'm okay. I can do this versus the first mile. Like you feel every step, your body hurts, you're tired. And then finally, a few more miles into it, you're like, 
oh, I'm going to be okay. I'm not dying. (laughs) (laughs) Can we normalize how crappy that first mile is? It is. Don't trust it, right? (laughs) Don't ever trust it. (laughs) I always And I'm also... Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like you too, where you can't even trust the first mile, even if you are looking at your watch, because sometimes you feel like you're flying and you look down, you're like, well, that's the slowest mile I've ever done. (laughs) I'm out here, but man, that was difficult. Absolutely. I feel like a lot of people, okay, I'm going to go out and run three miles today. And they go for that first mile and they think it's going to be zip, zip. And it's like, your, your feet feel like lead. Your shoulders are up here. You can't get your stride right. The, the wrong songs are coming on. I mean, that first mile is always get it all together, you know? It is. And I think you make a very good point. I think, you, like you just said, do it at least for a mile and then make decisions from there. Because you know what? Some days it's okay, right? If you're after that first mile, you're like, it's just not in me today. I did what I could. I'm done. You're absolutely right. So maybe at least give it that first mile and then make some decisions. Because well, by t- all means, I get it. <laughs> If you turn around to head back to the car, you know, you got two miles in, right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I've done now two miles. Perfect. (laughs) So at 17 half marathons, no injuries, no cancellations, no deferments. How have you stayed injury free? That is a great question. And you're going to laugh when I say this, but I'm finally at the age where I am not, I don't want to say I'm injured, but my body is changing. And I did recently start seeing a physical therapist because I can tell that I think maybe I'm starting to get arthritis. I've had some uh, joint issues, but again, I don't attribute it to running at all. I think it's just wear and tear on the body as we get older. But yeah, I have been very lucky with, you know, like you just said, with not having injuries. If I've taken time off, it's because I've wanted to and not because I've had to. I've had some basic basic, you know, injuries, like most people, plantar fasciitis, you know, I've had that a couple of times in my feet and, and a couple of things in general, but nothing alone where, you know, I've had seen people, you know, with tears and things like that and, and different abrasions. And so I've been lucky on that. I would definitely equate it to, you know, stretching before and after as much as we don't want to do it, because I'll be the first one to admit to you with my job, with family life, I'm on a tight schedule. So sometimes it's immediately when that run is over, I have to be somewhere else at the same time, but I still have to incorporate a couple minutes of stretching because I know how important that is. So between the stretching and then also something huge that I didn't really learn in the beginning as I was training for things is, you know, strength training is so important. And especially as we're hitting like the perimenopausal and the menopausal ages, you know, it is hard. So strength training is very important. So so basically, like you're saying, the cross training is different, you know, don't just run cross train. The hips in this uh, 45th year of my life, all of a sudden my hips are like, what are you doing? That hurts. Yeah. Like just crazy. Not that I've done anything different. It's just that you're right. Your body is changing. So you're absolutely. And part of me sometimes goes, Oh yeah. <laughs> it's goodness. Every time. I'm going to go with stretching. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, even if it's one of those days where you find yourself, you're laying on the concrete, that's okay. <laughs> do what you have to do to get your stretches in. Anything else that you do pre-run ritual? 
Um, you know, I would say if we're going to talk about long distance running, you know, I definitely make sure a few days before I start eating the extra carbs, drinking the extra water, putting all that in my body and ready to go. Because, you know, that's one thing, you know, we joke about carb loading, but that is the thing that your body is burning. And if you're not having any carbs in your body, it has nothing to burn when you're out there. So it's really, truly okay to the, the few days before your big race to to eat a lot of food. Obviously, no, you're not trying to gorge yourself and make yourself sick, but you just want to have those storage units ready inside you to burn. Mm-hmm. When you say drink your water, do you go through, do you drink a lot while you're out on your, we're, we'll just talk race day. Sure. Do you feel like you consume a lot while you're on the course or are you a pre-race drinker sweat it out as you go don't don't drink it or just through the water stations my biggest problem even in life is I don't drink enough in general I have to remind myself to drink even if it's just like every day and stuff I'm just one of those people so I tend to go ahead on the race course and bring a water bottle with me like a handheld water bottle I use their aid stations to refill my water bottle things like that but however you know again even out there I'm trying to remind myself to drink I know I don't always drink enough so I feel like afterwards I'm making sure I'm definitely hydrating myself because I'm definitely going to get a hot a headache pretty quickly if I'm dehydrated oh okay yours is the headache yeah, for sure, for sure. And and so, you know, there's different a couple of different products I liked. Obviously, you know, your your good old plain water is good, but you know, liquid IV, scratch, a couple of things like that. There's there's so many good ones out there for myself. Those have just been worked with me because you know everyone's guts can be a little bit different than each other's. The goos and stuff really mess with yeah. my guts bad. But I can eat honey. I completely of- understand. Ugh. Exactly, exactly. And it's so funny too, especially like when you get up at the hot heat and I'm sure you know all about the hot heat for where you're located. It's like, yeah, sometimes you're like, I cannot eat another bite of this, but I know I need calories in my body right now. Listen, from May until last month, I'm not out there. <laughs> I don't the, blame you. <laughs> it's just not fun. I'd rather have four layers on out there than scorching and ruining. Uh, I feel like a crispy potato chip in our sun. <laughs> And, you know, it's so funny, too, because we talk about that, because trying to decipher, you know, wintertime, what to wear. And in the summertime, it's easy, right? You know, you throw in your tank top, you throw in your shorts, you're out the door. The wintertime, you're trying to make sure, like, well, how many layers do I need? How many do I not need? And it's so funny to talk to people because everyone has a favorite season. I mean, I'm really basic. I'm more like fall and spring because it's like it's a lot easier. But it's always interesting to hear all the different seasons people enjoy. Is there anybody in your runs this town group that has done all of your halves with you and do you have like a real a running buddy I have several running buddies and yes there are several that actually have ran the same halves with me whether it be because we take some fun little girls trips which is always fun you know racecations are always a really good enjoyment and great uh, time together whether we run the race together or just there together it's yeah I've definitely met some very strong, uh, supportive, positive women, which is great because I think it's okay to admit that women are hard. We know that. And so sometimes we don't always get along, right? (laughs) So it's it's been really refreshing (laughs) and welcoming. Well, yeah, when you guys have this this thing that's in common, all the other stuff, you don't have, you're not competing with each other when you're on the track together. And you have it in common, it alleviates women absolutely. issues. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, like you just said, you know, we are very competitive creatures. 
But for some reason out there, we're very supportive. Uh, We kind of, like you said, put the competitiveness behind for a few minutes and we're just really supportive. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's so fun. How lucky. I mean, really, when you think about having women in a, a group for multiple races and you take race, you call them racecations? (laughs) exactly yeah when you get to actually leave and not see the same scenery it's always kind of (laughs) nice where where was the uh where's the farthest race that you've gone to like farthest i'm still pretty local for the most part my husband's from wisconsin so we've actually done some in milwaukee so that's probably about as far as i would say i've technically gone but as far as friends and stuff you know cincinnati is always good it's only about an hour and a half from here. That's a really good one. It, it's the flying pig. And, you know, it, it's really a big challenge weekend, which is really good because you have races Friday, Saturday and Sunday, which, you know, that's really uh, that's a, that's a lot of training to do to get your body to be able to run that much in a small amount of time. Three days in a row. Mm-hmm. And, and, and on Saturday, it's a back to back race. So you actually do a 10K and, and then a 5K. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's one of those tricky things too, where you really have to go, well, I don't want to, you know, burn up everything on Saturday if Sunday is going to be my half marathon or marathon. Mm-hmm. So you really kind of have to like, you know, play that with your body too. You have to get out of your head sometimes. You can't always be in race mode in those types of situations. Do you have a coach? Did you ever hire a coach to coach you through how to do some of this stuff? Or have you just organically read books, talked with people and depended on the ladies in your running group. It has been a lot of trial and error. Exactly. I have never hired a coach. And it's it's funny you mentioned that because when I signed up for my first half marathon, that's all I did was run. Like I didn't know what else I should be doing. I had found a run, like an online running program just for, you know, to, for some accountability purposes. And that's all it was, was just running. So truth be told, when I crossed that finish line, I hung up my shoes. Like I was done after that. I was so burned out on running. But that's, of course, when I realized too, and that's when people started teaching me, like, you can do other things while you're in training. You know, you you should be cycling. You should be strength training. You should be doing other stuff and not just running. And so it's become much better now where, like you just said, I've learned over the years, you know, little things to do. Um, I've learned how to feel my body better. I didn't know in the beginning that, you know, I, I should actually be, you know, in taking some calories while I was out there, things like that. Oh, yeah. So it's it's definitely a lot of learning over the years. When new girls show up to your group, your run group, are you kind of like the go-to? Are you like, okay, ladies, how many times have you run? Let me give you some advice. Do they come to you for that and you're able to to help them? I feel like sometimes they don't always come to me only because I think they show up and they're already faster than me sometimes. <laughs> but no, in general, though, we always have great conversations, you know, just talking about, you know, the, the different things you can do for improvement for, you know, running and fueling and all that fun stuff. But yeah, I definitely like to, to listen. And, you know, it's so hard because you want to teach, but not talk at people. And you know how that is too. So it's always interesting. <laughs> well, my sign makes me want to talk at people. And and this and this and this, but I know exactly what you mean. You want to teach. Some people just are afraid to ask too. They don't want to seem they're new to running. They don't want to seem like they don't know what they're doing. They've looked at a couple of blogs and they don't, they're afraid to ask what they should be doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's always important too, to point out that 
even though you just started running, sometimes you get faster and sometimes you don't. And that's perfectly okay too, because I feel like sometimes, even though uh, I definitely am considered a seasoned runner, I'm a slower runner and I'm perfectly fine with that. And then for some reason, people want to put me in a beginner category. And just because I'm slower doesn't necessarily, you know, mean that I don't know what I'm doing. This is just the body I was given. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Speaking of uh, put you in a beginner category, did I see that you were a pacer for an upcoming race? Yeah, I actually did it last year as well. It was Sunburst Races, which is in South Bend, Indiana. And I actually got to do a pace, uh, a pacer for a three and a half, uh, half marathon, three and a half hours, which was perfect. So it ends up being about a 16 minute pace. So we kind of do a little run walk action together and, and all that good stuff. And then they invited me back to do it this coming uh, year as well. So okay. it was really rewarding. That was really fun. It was really nice to be with people who, again, you know, it could have been their first half marathon. Also, sometimes, you know, they're trying to get back into getting that pace done. So it was really nice. Or it could be somebody like me, but that is my pace. And yes, it's nice absolutely. to have somebody pacing with me instead of sometimes when you're a slower runner, you're at the back of the group and you just feel so isolated back there. But if I had somebody leading yeah. me, that's also keeping me going and not feeling deflated because I'm back at the back yeah. or, or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fun. So fun. So definitely to that again. That's in South Bend, Indiana. What time of year is that race? Spring? Yeah, gosh, I wish it's actually early June. (laughs) So it's kind of hit or miss on the weather, but it's still not too horrible. Rain, rain. That's right. You guys run in the rain back there. We do, don't we? (laughs) And I'm one of those weirdos that basically says, you know, if it's going to rain, I'd rather it start raining while I'm out there because if it already is raining before I get started, I'm generally not going to do it. I mean, I am. I don't have a choice. (laughs) But on race day, it's hard while you're standing in the rain before you can even get started. I'd rather be out there already and the rain just happened to come down. What do you do about your shoes and your socks? A lot of times, lots of aquaphor on my feet, whatever I can do to prevent blisters. Unfortunately, like you said, you're stuck in the rain. And so you're going to be stuck with wet socks and wet shoes, no matter what. Yeah. Yikes. But then you have a sense of accomplishment of even more when you get across the finish line, right? Like I did it in the rain too, baby. You really do. Actually, last year when we did the flying pig, we didn't know, but they were basically the rain along with the thunder and the lightning was so bad. They were wanting us to get off the course, but they were only like letting you know through telephones and your cell phones. So it was really hard. So you had no idea that you weren't supposed to be running any longer. But the funny part also was, you know, they want us to go ahead and shelter in place but you're already out there and you're like, I don't want to stand around for another two hours and have to get started again. So let's just risk it. And then afterwards, like you said, you're kind of like, should I have done that? But well, here we are. (laughs) Made the decision on the fly. (laughs) Exactly. When you guys get across the finish line, what are some of the things, how do you celebrate your achievements? Well, most importantly, if you're lucky enough, if a race gives you chocolate milk, you want to actually go ahead and take advantage of that. You know, granted, I understand for some people like I can't imagine drinking or eating anything afterwards, but chocolate milk is like the perfect recovery. It gives you the perfect amount of protein and carbs that you need to replenish your body. Also helps to take care of of those muscles that are definitely going to be sore and tired. Mm -hmm. And then special treats for yourself. Do you go out and get a massage when you get home or just play the next race? 
on the next race because you have that runner's high. Usually at first you say you're never going to run again. Next thing you know, you signed up for a different race that happens the next day or something <laughs> like that. But uh, yeah, definitely always interested in the treats, any kind of cookies, sweets, cakes. Definitely love the sweets. <laughs> so that's my celebration. That's fun. That's fun. I mean, I treat myself to that anyway. Exactly. I mean, you know, treat yourself anyway, but, you know, treat yourself a little extra on race day. <laughs> so after all these years of running, 11 years of running, 17 half marathons, countless 5Ks, you do work full time. You have three yeah. kids. Two are older. Yeah. I still have one at home. How has you carving this time out for yourself? Because that's what it is. This is an act of like self-love and self-care that you are giving yourself. How has that changed your family's dynamic? Has it done good hard things? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because like you just said, I mean, it can be hard, especially if you're training. So generally what does happen, like you said, is you almost feel like you, if you're training, you feel a bit selfish, mostly because, you know, you can't just show up at a race without any kind of training. So, you know, in order to get to the starting line of that race, it does require a lot of work. It requires patience from your family and whether it be a, a partner or, or, you know, parents or whomever you have to help you when it comes to with the children, because, you know, like you said, everyone's going to take turns playing taxi driver, getting people to their own school events, things like that. So while it's very rewarding, sometimes you have to remember, too, that it can feel a little bit selfish at times. But, you know, if you have a family that supports you, that's the most important thing, too. Yeah. Do you do anything special for them as a, a thank you for supporting you in this journey? Or are you just like? I do it for you. You do it for me. It's wonderful. I mean, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of where we're at. You're, you're right. I think it's a little bit of that where they're being supportive and I, I'm doing the other things around the house when I'm already. So <laughs> you're like, okay, I'm running on Tuesday. You guys are on your own for dinner. Exactly. Only dinner exactly. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, <laughs> Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah. What about work? Do you think running has helped your, your work performance? Do you think it's helped you achieve other goals in your life? I think that's a great way to word that. I think you're absolutely right when it comes to achieving other goals, because I think it's given me the confidence to go for it. You know, especially, you know, for example, I, I, I hate to even say this, but I, I don't have the runner's body. I, I'm not tall and I'm not thin and that's perfectly fine by all means. But I think sometimes when you're like, oh, I, I have a half marathon this weekend. Someone goes, wait a second, what? You know, <laughs> they're just like, oh, I, I didn't know you run. Yeah, I do. And then it's one of those things where I didn't really think I would get involved in. And then because it's like, like you just said, every time I cross that finish line, I have that successful accomplishment feeling. So then it kind of almost, like you said, makes me feel confident in other areas too, that I can try this. You know, if it if I don't succeed, it's okay, but I should at least try it. I mean, I, like I told you at the beginning, seven, 17, 17 half marathons there are people out there that are afraid to even do a 5k yeah absolutely absolutely and you know and and i can't speak for your area but like we're so blessed in this area because there are lots of you know race options you know 5k's 10k's whatever on the weekends because there's definitely people who don't have anything nearby and i can imagine that gets a little hard sometimes to keep the motivation going just to mm -hmm. run on your own all the time yeah out here there are there are opportunities but it's 
not for people that are doing it for the reasons that you and I are doing it for the enjoyment. Sure. I don't think. Sure. I think a lot of people out here are doing it for getting on the podium, and mm -hmm. it's more like the triathlete style races. Right. The relays. We have a lot of Ragnars out here. Oh yeah, yeah, there, definitely. There is one group. She runs this town, but it meets on forty-five minutes away from. Like their group is forty-five minutes away from where I live. Right. So they're difficult. Yeah, they're five o'clock runs. I'm out. You yeah, know, I can't exactly. meet them. And so finding the connection of people to do the the races together is is a challenge. But then once you do find your group. You found a group, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's so funny is because, you know, you first meet these people and obviously you're meeting and you have the, the running. That's what's in common. And then sometimes you discover you have other things that are, are, are in common. And sometimes you have nothing else in common, but you still click, which I think is really amazing. That is something as adults that you don't realize is a wonderful thing to have. You yeah. can be on complete opposite sides of the spectrum when it comes to raising your family, religion, politics, all of the things, but you both love to hit the payment together and you both listen to Lizzo as you're out there, you know, like. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it clicks. Exactly. So if you were, if, if you and I were out somewhere, say I met you at a networking meeting and I said, oh, Tiffany, what do you do for fun? And you say, I run half marathons. And I say, oh, how many have you done? And uh, you say 17. And I said, I want to do one. What would you tell me? You know what's funny about that? It's like, I don't try to change someone's mind on that. Uh, and the reason <laughs> being is because it's not for everybody. I get it. It's not the easiest thing to do. Of course, you know, I always talk about, you know, the interval running, the endurance running. You don't have to be fast. You don't have to win every time. You know, talk about the women's groups that I'm in and all that fun stuff by all means. But yeah, absolutely. Because you're absolutely right. There are definitely people who, who you know, tell me automatically, I will never run. Don't ever ask me. <laughs> and that's okay. Well, but I think a lot of people will also say, I'm not a runner. Right. Or I don't want to do that. And we all, nobody, nobody really wants to do it because they, okay, let me figure out the best way to say this. You don't realize what it's really like and how liberating and empowering it is until you do it but you need sometimes you need that one person to say well have it why haven't you tried it have you tried it or do you just not like the idea of it you know like right. i want to run a half marathon but i don't like running what do you what should i do you know like really great too because I think a lot of this stems from, you know, when we're kids, elementary school, gym class, what do they do? Tell us to run as fast as we possibly can. And that's what we think running is. And so I think sometimes as an adult, if you haven't experienced anything else, you think that's what's still going on out there. We're running, we're chasing each other down like we're Olympians. And it's definitely not like that at all. You know, it's really just for exercise. That, that is a, such a true fact. When you're in elementary school, run as fast as you can. And when we are running exactly. a half marathon, okay, if you want to run as fast as you can, you can. But you know what else you can do? Get out here and bebop and cheer on the guy running next <laughs> you can take to you. pictures. <laughs> right. Exactly. You can take pictures. You can have fun. You can meet people. I've seen people meet each other out there. <laughs> you can walk. You can skip. <laughs> you can 
Yes, all the things. So don't, I wouldn't say don't knock it till you try it. And if you're in a special place of your life, like, you know, I kind of want to dip my toe in, Google or find a, a running group maybe in your area. Just lace up your sneakers, just go. Exactly. There's no rule on distance. You know, if you are out there and you're walking and you take a couple faster steps that are in a running motion, you're now a runner. So it's perfectly fine. Like there's no distance requirements. Maybe you started out running a quarter mile. That's okay. You're a runner now. Mm -hmm. And finally, when did you start calling yourself an athlete? That's a tough one. It's going to be funny when I say this, but believe it or not, I, I want to say with Peloton, I do a lot of the Peloton classes. And so I, I want to say that one of the instructors on there was really kind of like hitting it in their heads. Like if you're on this bike today, you're here, you're an athlete. And it finally kind of sunk in because again, it goes back to that kid factor, right? Where you're looking at the, the best kids who played basketball and baseball and things like that. And like they were the athlete per se. But then you're like, well, wait a second. I am an athlete. I don't have to be number one to be considered an athlete. I'm out here. I'm doing this. I'm exercising. I'm an athlete. So, so you're right. It took a long time. It took a long time to admit I was a runner too. But yeah, absolutely. It took you a long time. You've got 17 under your belt and you're like, well, I guess I'm I know. And I don't know if it's because I, I, I get so afraid, like someone else will like, well, you're not very fast or something silly like that. And, and while I'm okay with that, it's perfectly fine. But I think sometimes it's like, you kind of go, oh, well, okay, maybe I should you know, let them know I'm not very fast just in case. And like, it, it doesn't matter. It really, really doesn't. We have to stop apologizing. We do. And truth be told, like when I say I'm not fast, but I'm still faster than maybe the next person who would love to be my speed. So I try to remember that too. I try to be very careful of how I word things because mm -hmm. I, I try not to use, like you said, slow and fast. I mean, what slow and fast might be for me may not be for someone else. So I try to be careful about that terminology. Well, the whole, the whole premise of this podcast is for me to be talking to other women who are two steps ahead of our listener, right? Yeah. So absolutely. If, if you and I are both here saying, you're doing a 12 minute mile, two hours and 45 minutes. And I'm here to say, it takes me three hours and, and 30 minutes to do 13 minutes or 13 miles. Here's our hand out to you to say, the first step is the hardest. Crossing the finish line, it doesn't matter what time, right? Like the more exactly. you know, you're gonna get better. We're here to tell you the times don't matter. Embrace that you are able and capable to move your body. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, for sure. How lucky are we? Yeah, and that's exactly how I look at that too. It's kind of like, you know, we recently had, you know, the our Thanksgiving holiday not too long ago. And of course, people are so worried about how much they're going to eat. And you know what? If you got to enjoy a huge plate of food that day, what a blessing, right? Mm -hmm. That you were able to do that. And so it's the same way with our bodies. If you are able to run, which is one reason I continue to run, you know, I, I have a, one of my prior bosses, she is, is deaf and she's now dealing with some blindness. And she tells me all the time, I wish I could run. And those are the kind of people I continue to run for mm -hmm. just because I know that she would want to, and she can't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you just, if whoever's listening, has the slightest bit of, oh, I kind of, I think I want to try it. Can they reach out to you for inspiration? Where can they find you to cheer you on and get inspiration from you? 
I'm, I'm telling you right now, as somebody who's followed you for 15 years on social media, known you for 30, your posts are inspirational and they make me feel like I'm not the only one that bucks the system when it comes to what fitness is all about. I do it because I like it, not because I want to impress so-and-so in my little two-piece bikini. I do it because <laughs> it feels good. So absolutely, the ladies that are listening, can they flock to your social media? Can they ask you some questions about running? Are you, are you okay? I would love that. I think the easiest is probably on my Instagram. You can find me there under donuts and burpees. And that's really where I keep just a lot of my fitness in general. But you'll also see, you know, in general, like, guess what? You're going to see that I, I don't really eat the most healthiest and things like that. Guess what? I'm going to show you that I had some donuts and I had coffee and all that fun stuff too. So, uh, you know, just come on over, see what's going on over here. We have a lot of fun. Awesome. I thank you so much for, is there anything else that we have left off that you want to tell? anybody out there? Well, I think we need to tell our listeners that I, I know we talked about there's a chance we might talk again in the next few months. And I wanted to share with everybody, I've actually registered for my first full marathon. So I'm very excited about that. That's going to be grandma's marathon, which is in June, which is in Minnesota. So that will be definitely my furthest race to date. So I'm very excited about that. That was really scary for me to, to pull that trigger on that because I was, you know, you question your own body, right? I questioned the 13 miles. Now I'm really questioning the 26 miles because now we're talking double time. But you know what? That kind of goes back to the confidence thing. I'm going to try it. And we're going to see what happens. Ooh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> A lot of information in one day. <laughs> well, I mean, 26.2 is, is a race. I mean, it is an endurance. It's your mind. Yes. Yes, it's going to be mental. Obviously, yes, physical, but it's going to be mental because my brain is going to tell me several times that it wants to be done and I'm going to have to push through that. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. Yeah, we are going to check back with you. This is in June. Yes, it's in the later part of June. The positive thing about Minnesota is that it should be about 50-ish degrees. So that's not horrible for June versus here in June, it's going to be straight 80 or 90 already. So 50 is very doable. 50 degrees in June. All right, let's work on this. Train for a half, train for a Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll be starting up training probably come February. Still no coach. You, you're just doing it. Well, and you know, what's funny is this one is a little bit different because I am a, a back of the pack runner. I'm actually going to do time-based training. A lot of times people will do mileage training. For me, I don't want to go out and run four or five, six hours all day on a weekend. So I'm going to do more of a kind of thing where I'm going to run two or three hours and then run again the next day on tired legs, just so my body gets used to it. Because the truth be told at the end of the day, your body doesn't really know how many miles it ran, but it does know how long it was out there working. Mm -hmm. Time-based training. I might have to look into that. Yep, absolutely. So I, I'm planning with that. And of course, with lots of cross training and strength training. Mm -hmm. Gluteus maximus training. Exactly. <laughs> Strengthen it all. More <laughs> work. Oh, yeah. oh, well, I really can't wait to see your progress. On Please update us when you start your training. I donuts and burpees. I know you will, but now I'm hyped. Now I'm hyped. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much. No, this is wonderful. Thank you for bringing me along. This has been great. Hope everyone's enjoyed this. And by all means, like you said, reach out with questions, follow. I want to follow you back. I mean, all the fun stuff that we can do together. Let's keep each other inspired and let's normalize having a donut 
some coffee, some spaghetti, and still being an athlete. Exactly. I love it. Mm, mm, mm. So this concludes our podcast interview. All right. Well, good luck out there. Have some good runs this week. I hope your weather gives you some sunshine and I'll check back with you soon. I'll send everything over to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks again. Thank you. All right. See ya. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening and joining us today. I hope there were a couple of inspiring moments for you and you realize that if you don't quit, if you keep trying, you'll obviously get a lot farther than if you give up. You might also be an inspiration to someone else. Always know that I am here for you. I am your biggest cheerleader. You've got this. So if you're looking to connect with someone in an area where you're working on, send me a request and I'll do my best to get them on the show. You are worth it all. See you next time.